Prince Philip's passing, Welsh unlocking, a diplomatic spat, North Korean famine and English herd immunity. This is your TLDR News Daily Briefing for Friday the 9th of April. In the first story today, it is with great regret that we have to inform you that Prince Philip has died. Buckingham Palace released the following statement. It is with deep sorrow that Her Majesty the Queen has announced the death of her beloved husband, His Royal Highness the Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh. The Prince will be best remembered by members of the British public for his dry humour and wit in carrying out his duties as the husband of the monarch. In this role, he oversaw changes to the monarchy that enabled it to survive the rapid developments of post-war Britain. One of the most notable of these changes was making the monarchy more open and accountable to the British public. Members of the media have been preparing for this very event for a long time. Media presenters have practised the event by replacing Prince Philip's name with Mr Robinson and have had obituaries written for many months, if not years. Institutions of the British government have also been prepared for this event, using the not-so-secret codename Operation Fourth Bridge. If you want to know more about this, then we made a video explaining this plan. It can be found in the description below. Before we move on to the next item, we'd like to point out that our thoughts are very much with all of those people who were affected by Prince Philip's death. We all need to remember that although he was a public figure, he had family and friends who loved him very much. There will be a lot of people up and down the country grieving today, some of whom knew him and some of whom didn't. Our thoughts are with everybody who is grieving his loss today. In the next story of the Daily Briefing today, we move to Wales to discuss the updates to their coronavirus unlocking plan. Due to the devolution arrangement in the United Kingdom, the countries of Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland are being led through the pandemic by their own governments, separate to the UK government leading England based at Westminster. Because of this, they all have their own slight deviations in the unlocking plan set out by Prime Minister Johnson. For example, while England is set to allow two households to meet indoors at the earliest from the 17th of May, Wales had planned to allow this from the 10th of May. Yesterday, though, the timetable was amended and was actually moved forward to the 3rd of May. While this may sound like a small change, I mean, after all, it is only seven days, for all of those families who haven't seen each other in months and for all of those people struggling with their mental health at the moment, this is a momentous difference. After all, many governments across the UK have made big promises that they've failed to deliver, such as consistently promising not to lock down again or that the pandemic will be over soon. People have likely come to expect the timetable to be moved backwards, but certainly not moved forwards. Welsh First Minister Mark Drakeford said that these changes have been possible due to improvements in the public health situation, and for these new dates to be met, the situation must remain favourable. There will undoubtedly be people in other parts of the UK hoping that their governments also amend the timetable in such a way. Let's just hope that the coronavirus situation remains favourable in Wales and the rest of the UK, and that we can all start having some freedoms restored as soon as possible. In the next story today, we move to Turkey to discuss a diplomatic spat. A few days ago, a meeting took place between Turkish President Erdogan and two heads of the EU, President of the European Commission Ursula von der Leyen and President of the European Council Charles Michel. In what many were assuming was a pointed gesture, there was only two chairs available at the meeting of the three of them. This caused von der Leyen to have to sit on a sofa next to Erdogan and Michel, something that was very clearly very awkward. Um, 
The diplomatic spat that seems to have been caused as a result seems to have actually come from a country that was not involved in the incident. The country we're talking about here is Italy. The recently appointed technocratic leader Mario Draghi said of the incident, I absolutely do not agree with Erdogan's behaviour towards President von der Leyen. I think it was not appropriate behaviour and I was very sorry for the humiliation von der Leyen had to suffer. He added, with these, let's call them what they are, dictators, with whom one nonetheless has to coordinate, one has to be frank when expressing different visions and opinions. In reply to these comments, the Turkish Minister for Foreign Affairs said, We strongly condemn the appointed Italian Prime Minister Draghi's unacceptable populist discourse and his ugly and unrestrained comments about our elected president. This was following the Italian ambassador to Ankara being summoned to the Foreign Ministry to have Draghi's comments slammed. Clearly, neither Turkey nor Italy are holding back in their condemnation of the other. What do you think about this story, though? Let us know in the comments below. In the third story today, we move to North Korea to discuss a possible famine. As we mentioned earlier this week, the North Korean government does love propaganda. The leaders themselves are idealised as gods to the point that tourists are recommended to not discuss politics at all in case they inadvertently insult the current or previous North Korean rulers. It is for this reason that we should not really expect Kim Jong-un to be open and honest about potential food shortages. However, in a rare display of frankness, the leader told his country that they should expect economic difficulties. He even went as far as to compare the situation to the 1990s famine that his country had to endure. It has been suggested that these economic difficulties are the result of the coronavirus pandemic, US-led sanctions and natural disasters. About the economic hardship specifically, Kim Jong-un said, I made up my mind to ask the WPK, the Workers' Party of Korea, organisations at all levels, including the Central Committee and the cell secretaries of the entire party to wage another more difficult, arduous march in order to relieve our people of the difficulty even a little. The phrase arduous march refers to the 1990s famine, where it is estimated that up to 3 million people died. While it's easy to criticise the North Korean regime, it's important to remember exactly who this economic sanction will affect most. The people. We'll need to keep an eye on the situation to see exactly what, if any, international assistance will be given. Before we move on though, let us know what you think in the comments below. In the last story today, we move to England to discuss herd immunity. While we discussed the implications of the coronavirus rates in Wales earlier, we didn't really discuss England. Well, modelling conducted by University College London revealed that on this coming Monday, 73.4% of English people will have protection from the virus, whether that's through vaccination or previous infection. This theoretically is enough people for herd immunity to kick in and to stop the virus from tearing through the population. We should point out here though that it is only one estimate and another estimate from Imperial College London earlier this week implied that the figure is a lot lower at only 34%. For this reason it's important that we all follow government guidelines and coronavirus laws to ensure that no one dies from this terrible disease that doesn't have to. However, if the UCL estimate is true, then many will be wondering why we have to wait so long for the next stages of the coronavirus unlocking roadmap. 
Perhaps caution is the best strategy, or perhaps it's more important to get freedoms restored as quickly as possible. What do you think is more important though? Let us know in the comments below. And irrespective of your opinion, make sure that you follow all the government advice and laws regarding coronavirus. For those of you who think the news is too long, be sure to check out Monday's daily briefing. Read the newsletter by signing up at tldrnews.co.uk forward slash daily. Listen to the briefing by searching for TLDR News in your podcast app or watch the briefing at youtube.com forward slash TLDR daily.